This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Well, SEC Media Days is a wrap for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Before we jump into, like, What's ahead with fall camp and stuff? Let's take a look back at everything that was covered at SEC Media Days, what questions were answered, what new questions we might have, and let's discuss it. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. Before we start, of course, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't subscribed to the channel yet on Facebook, be sure to follow that page. Become one of 85,000 Razorback fans to do so. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to give the video a thumbs up or a like on both of those channels. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't thrown us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I ask every show, if you haven't done so, maybe take a moment and do it right now. Throw us a five-star rating, leave a review, let other people know what to expect. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month at hawgsports.com. I probably should have spoke out loud first <clears throat> before I got started. A little frog in the throat to start things out. You never know what you're going to get. All right. So, just kind of previewing SEC media days, some of the questions I was asking is, Arkansas going to make the right choices with who they invite? I think they did. I think they invited the three best uh, players on the team, the three best representatives. As I said before, this is SEC media days, not SEC senior rewards day. No disrespect to any seniors. No disrespect to any seniors. But we want people that uh, are awards candidates, the best returning players on your teams. Arkansas brings K.J. Jefferson, check, quarterback, junior, Arkansas brings Bumper Pool, super senior. That's fine. He's still a key leader on this defense, a guy that a lot of people want to talk to. And Arkansas brings Jalen Catalan, preseason All-American last year. Uh, I think people have forgotten about him a little bit, although I've seen him in a couple of mock drafts. Still, these this could be all these guys last year. It's definitely Bumper Pool's last year. The other candidate I thought made sense was maybe Ricky Stromberg. Um, those would probably be the top four. Any of those four, I think, were the right choices for Arkansas. And I think they all did a good job. Now, you may have not have noticed, but I was not at SEC Media Days. The first time since, I guess, maybe the Houston Nut era that I haven't been. Um, got three notifications that my flight was delayed. The most important notification, they didn't send me that my flight had been canceled. Go to the airport. I'm packed. Everything's ready to go. All my equipment, everything. Go up to the airport. Go through security. I'm like, man, it's bleak here. Like, all, the, all the, the flights to the East Coast, including mine, had been canceled. Just canceled. They had me rescheduled on some crap to go on another airline to Chicago, where, yeah, I'm getting stuck in Chicago now. I can see that happening. Every flight I've had this summer, all five of them, I mean, this wasn't – I didn't take, end up taking it, but they've all had issues, whether it's postponement or delays or something. You know, fly me to Chicago, have me sit in the airport all day, get me to Atlanta at midnight the next day. I mean – 
I know everybody's having a hard time getting people to work, but good Lord. Every single flight I've had. Every single flight. I even started looking at, like, what it would cost to, like, charter a plane. If I could get, like, all the media. Like, I'm worried about this season traveling. Like, can I get all the media together and we have, like, a a media core plane, charter plane? It didn't make any sense, though. It's too expensive. It's, like, three times as much as it would cost. I was, like, breaking down, like – what would it cost between getting the direct flight in and out in the same day to the city the game's being played versus two nights hotel room, rental car, flight, food, all that stuff that you'd be paying? It doesn't I mean it's it's like usually it's like a thousand dollars to make that trip versus, you know, probably three thousand dollars a person, unless you had to get a bigger plane, then it gets ridiculous. So left at the mercy of commercial flight. It's a lot of high expectations for Arkansas locally, you know. Uh, we're talking – I mean, you guys have heard me say, yeah, I think nine wins, give or take, maybe eight. If things go bad, ten. If things go great, got to have a little luck along the way. Vegas says six and a half. Some say seven and a half, depends on the book you look at. But the most one that I see most often is six and a half. I thought Josh Pate, by the way, he has got a great interview one-on-one from Atlanta with, uh, with Sam Pittman, the late kick live. I thought he had a great point, um, like last year against Texas, you know, how Arkansas fans were not surprised that Arkansas beat Texas. Nationally, they were surprised. And I don't know if anybody expected just a drubbing. I mean, it was like 40 to 21, wasn't it? And it was worse than that. We know it was. So a lot of people were surprised that Arkansas had that in them. But people here locally – I don't think we're surprised, and I think that's one reason you see people see the culture, the the fit, the you know what Arkansas has got coming back, and I think that's why expectations are higher in Fayetteville than they are nationally. But that leads me to this question that I always ask myself too. I can remember back in 2012, I was talking to Danny this one time, and I was like, "Man, this thing could all go south." Like I I didn't wasn't thinking it was going to happen like that. I thought Arkansas had enough talent. Um, you know, I go back to like those Miami years uh, where they had coaching changeover and, and still won the national championship. But I was just kind of thinking this thing could go south and, you know, like everything is fine until it isn't. And I can remember back in uh, after the 2000 and what was it, 14 season uh, where Arkansas won seven games and I posted a poll on the board. Back then we were at Rivals. Now we're 24-7, obviously. Back then we were at Rivals. I posted a poll on the board. Uh, are you on board with with Brett Bielema? And I swear, ninety percent was was on board. Ninety percent, yes, we're on board with Brett Bielema. And the next season, you know, that Auburn game happened. The way the season ended, just completely falling apart. Those last few games, and then um, you know, you fast forward to the next year, and that's it. Everything is fine until it isn't. Everything is trending upwards. Everything's going great. And then a moment happens. And it, once that happens, it's so hard to come back from it. Bielema couldn't do it. He couldn't pull them back together. You go back to Houston Nutt. Houston Nutt pulled them back together. You know, they had that um, – let's see, 2004, 2005, they had those bad seasons. And there were some fans that just would never forgive them. They won 10 games later, dug their heels in so much, they're never going to forgive them. And all it took was a home loss to Kentucky to nail the coffin shut. But this feels a little different to me. Now I feel like Arkansas is on the upswing still. I mean, just looking at this roster, you know, KJ, getting him back, he's got to stay healthy. The offensive line, 
you know, four starters returning. The most talented guy amongst those guys may not even be starting right now. It's Crawford. Trey Knox up to 250 now at tight end. I think they've got more talent, man, two through 12 at wide receiver than they did last year. Two through 12, they got to replace Burks. I thought Pittman made some great points about Jaden Hazelwood, Matt Landers, you know. Hazelwood especially not living up to where he was ranked, number four overall prospect in the country. He's the highest-ranked prospect Arkansas has ever had on their team. Now, they didn't get him as a recruit, but he's still the highest-ranked prospect that Arkansas has ever had on their team. And while he led Oklahoma in receptions last year, he still hasn't lived up to the potential. He wants guys that are hungry that are going to try to live up to that potential. Matt Landers is another guy in that boat at wide receiver. So, some intriguing battles going on uh, coming up at wide receiver. Uh, it should be really interesting to watch. And then defense, I think they filled in a lot of the gaps that they have, whether it's defensive end, defensive tackle maybe with Terry Hampton, linebacker with Drew Sanders. they got to stay healthy there. And then the secondary, you know, I think safety was already a strength, but having Latavius Bremi, Brini, adding uh, Dwight McGlothern. I think they filled in a lot of holes there. Pittman said he thinks they're going to be better this year on defense than they were last year. Last year, they were probably slightly above middle of the pack in the SEC. I'm excited about this team. He even said this. He said uh, he thinks they're going to have a good team or they're going to have a good team. I can, I'll tell you this. Last year, I, I, I think I underpicked them on their win total last year. I think I had them at seven – regular season wins, and they won eight. Um, but Pittman looks at me last year during fall camp. He's like, we're having a conversation, and he's walking away. And he turns around, like, to remind me, kind of like this, like looking back, hey, we're going to have a good football team. That's how he told me. We're going to have a good football team. I think he said it to me two different occasions. I should have listened closer. I would have maybe picked him at eight wins in the regular season. So – Transfer portal, I want to talk about this because the NCAA transfer portal window is an issue right now. I hate, I hate the idea of transferring midseason. Okay. I hate, you know, they implemented that four game redshirt rule, and what we ended up seeing was older players, not younger players, but older players, take it upon themselves to redshirt themselves, quit the team, and then start taking visits and stuff. You know, Arkansas has recruited players like that, even have brought players in, a player. I don't like it. I'm not a fan. I don't want Arkansas to get anybody who does that, who quits on their team midseason. I just hate the look of it for college football, and that's a problem I think that we're experiencing also, you know, just with all the NIL. I'm not anti-NIL, but all the NIL stuff the way it is with players transferring midseason, you better remember who pays the bills around here, and it's the fans. It's the people going to games the people who are buying the tickets. And their perception of college football is important. Don't forget that. Yes, take care of the players, obviously. Take care of the student athletes, professional athletes, whatever you want to call them. you got to take care of the people who run things. Make sure you're attracting quality people, staff, coaches, all the people behind the scenes. All that's important, okay? The fans. Do not forget about the fans. Do not forget about how they feel about the game, the integrity of the game. And if you don't think it can change, go back 70 years. Baseball, horse racing, boxing, those were the number one sports. It can change on you. It can turn. Make sure you protect 
how the game is perceived by the fans. Because once they feel like it's dirty, you can't ever compete, the playing field is uneven, and I understand the playing field has been uneven, but just because it's been uneven doesn't mean it should be like, well, let's, let's keep it uneven. Let's make it more uneven. Let's only let teams that have a lot of money win. So there's some things that got to be figured out, but this NCAA transfer portal window I like. Okay, so basically it's 45 days out from when the college football playoff teams are selected. So that would be, I guess, on December 4th. That's a Sunday. So on Monday, December 5th would be, would be the start of the transfer portal window when you can enter the portal. And you got 45 days, so that brings you right up to mid, mid-January, right about the time classes are starting. I think that's a great window. That allows players to take those visits all that time. That allows them to you know be re-recruited and still enroll at the place of their choice before school starts that next semester. They can go through spring ball and all that stuff. And then another window. May 1 through May 15. So spring ball is completed for everybody, basically. Uh, you're in the evaluation period. And Arkansas, say they brought in a bunch of transfers at your spot. You go through spring ball, you're buried on the depth chart. Well, you got a couple of weeks to figure it out. Got a couple of weeks to figure it out. I think that's a good policy. Two windows right after the season, after the season, keyword, and then after spring ball. A short window after spring ball. I like that. I like that policy. So hopefully that goes through. Speaking of transfers, Pittman's certainly very pleased with how everybody's fitting in there. Jaden Hazelwood, Matt Landers, Drew Sanders, Jordan Dominic, Landon Jackson, Terry Hampton, Kate Fortin, walk-on quarterback. Dwight McGlother and Latavius Breening. You know, he keeps bringing up Cade Fortin, uh, how important it is for Cade Fortin to be a quality option at quarterback because they need to play Malik Hornsby at wide receiver. Yes, continue to work him at quarterback. He's not going to beat out K.J. Jefferson. And Pittman keeps saying that, you know, if he doesn't win the starting quarterback. He's not beating K.J. out, okay, unless there's some kind of injury or something like that, um, something that slows K.J. down, then, you know, maybe we'll see Malik Hornsby. And I'm all for playing him at quarterback. So, I mean, I think you mix it in at wide receiver, shuffling him in and out, putting him in motion. There's so much stuff you can do with this guy. And it would be a tra- tragedy to see him just sitting over there on the sideline, especially when you got questions at wide receiver. Not questions that can't be answered, but you want to get your best players on the field. And I think Hornsby is that. I mean, I would, I would love to see him in a foot race with anybody in the SEC. I'd love to see that race. You get your fastest player and put him up against Hornsby. Let's see how things shake out. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Anyway, they seem to be fitting in well. As I mentioned, there's a lot of – I mean, you need some you need some replacements of wide receivers. they got two pretty good candidates. I mean, Matt Landers only had like 20-something – 20 catches or something for like 500 yards last season and five touchdowns. So, hey, maybe there's a deep ball guy. Um, probably needs to get more consistent catches of the ball. Jaden Hazelwood, one of the top recruits in the country, number one wide receiver prospect back in 2019. Um you know, that's two key players. You lose a guy like Grant Morgan at linebacker and Hayden Henry at linebacker, Drew Sanders. Now, Drew Sanders, to me, those two guys were great college quarterback or college linebackers, great college linebackers. From a talent standpoint, how do they translate to the end? Of the, neither of them got drafted. Uh, Hayden, I don't think he's is going to uh, try his hand at, at pro football. Uh, Sanders is a guy with physical tools to possibly play at that next level. Now, in college, you know, there are a lot of things that matter in terms of instincts and stuff like that. You don't always have to be the biggest and, you know, baddest dude on the field, but Sanders kind of is that. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Jordan Dominic, of course, is on the edge. Landon Jackson, Terry Hampton. You know, I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, also with the addition of Dorian Gerald coming back, does that allow you to put does that allow you to put Eric Gregory inside, 6'4, 305, you know, starting at left end right now? I think that gives you the option to maybe move him inside, work him at both. So that's going to be a benefit, especially since it looks like it's going to be a while on Torian Carter. Dwight McLaughlin, of course, Latavius Brini, I mentioned those guys. Brini was the only guy of, of the, the transfers that enrolled early, not counting Landon Jackson because he's come back from injury, who wasn't rolling with the first group at the end of it. We'll see how that shakes out. I think he's going to push. I think it'll be him pushing either Jaden Johnson or – Simeon Blair, I think one of those two guys will be maybe maybe pushed a little bit. Talked a little bit about higher expectations. We've got so much – I think we got like 15 articles that we wrote. Our national desk wrote probably like six of them. We've got videos of everything that happened. So be sure to go to Hogsports and check all that out. Most of that content is free also. Pittman talked a little bit about NIL there. It's a great story. A lot of, lot of interesting quotes just on basically his opinion, which is the kids need to earn it. It doesn't need to be a recruiting tool. It was never supposed to be a recruiting tool. They've got to get some kind of legislation. And it bugs me a little bit, you know, the idea that it should just be a free-for-all, like college football should have less restrictions than anybody. That's not – how it should be like youth sports have more restrictions high school has more restrictions you can just go anywhere you want anytime you want you can quit the team enter the transfer portal get re-recruited start taking visits anytime you want hopefully that's about to change and coming out of high school you know you got a quarterback on your roster currently who has a couple of nil deals like one with a bank and one with um i think a retainer or something and you've got quarterbacks that are getting offered millions of dollars coming out of high school that hadn't done anything and I think when we get to a point, if some kind of legislation isn't done, it needs to happen with college teams. Again, I agree this. Congress, 
Congress does not need to be talking about college football right now. I don't think they are. I think they're all worried about getting elected. But this needs to be handled by the schools, presidents, coaches, athletic directors, NCAA, if they have any say anymore. That's where it needs to be figured out. And it's got to be – I don't know if it's – we're like in this limbo state. And Mike Leach made some great points about that. Are Are we professionals or are we amateurs? We can't be one or the other. So, like, either pay these dudes or don't. Pay them or not. And if you're going to pay them, then maybe you can start instituting things like salary caps, contracts, things of that nature. Just They've got to get it figured out. And I don't know if it's, like, right down the road, but it's going to come. Okay? The answer shouldn't be, oh, it's been uneven. There's, you know, all this stuff. People have been cheating all this stuff for years. Let it continue. That's not the answer. That's a ridiculous response. Anarchy is never an answer. Because that's what it basically is coming out to, is complete anarchy. Do whatever you want. Lie. Tell somebody you're going to give them something, and then they get there and they don't. Guess what? You only get one transfer. You're screwed. Too bad. We lied to you. I mean, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous what the state of college football is right now, and we all saw it kind of coming. Uh, I think it's probably a little worse than what we thought. You know, I think one of the interesting things about, like, what springs, springboards teams, you know, like the way Arkansas played Georgia, Sam Pittman's first year in 2020, the way they played them that first half, really three quarters, I think instilled a lot of confidence in them. They took it on the road, beat Mississippi State, took it on the road after that, lost to Auburn. That's a big game for Arkansas this year on the road at Auburn. I think we thought a lot of, you know, last year's game was going to be a revenge type of game, and they, they just didn't play very well. So, the Texas game this past year, that was probably the greatest college football environment that I've ever been in. And I've been some great ones. I mean some great environments. Um, The Sugar Bowl in 2010, I guess it was in 2011, but after the 2010 season was the best college football game and experience that I've ever seen. Now, Arkansas lost that game. They should have won scoop and score. But that to me was, I mean, that's 11 years that that's the best 10 years, 11 years, the best college football game uh, that I'd ever been into, been to. But the Texas game, to me, what was so special about it, the buzz leading up to the game, and then it didn't disappoint. It lived up and beyond lived up to the expectation. And I'm talking about the crowd. The, what happened on the field was fantastic, but the energy from the crowd, start to finish, it never stopped. They were never not in the game. And – there's an opportunity for some exciting games, you know, this year. It's, it's 2.30, ESPN, Cincinnati. That could be a fantastic environment. Now, it's going to be hard to match that Texas one, but that should be a great environment with all the anticipation coming up and all that stuff. Uh, the next week is South Carolina, 11 o'clock game, Bobby Petrino after that. Uh, but that Alabama game, I think we're all looking at that October 1st. You know, if Arkansas takes care of business leading up to that game, that could be absolutely insane. It could be like a college game day type of game. And it's the only game in October in home, and it's October 1st. So let that sink in a little bit. But, you know, that game against Texas I think was an eye-opener. They definitely hit that lull. They went to Georgia and got smacked. Uh, And then the way Arkansas played Alabama after that I thought was, you know, really like, okay, hey, we're still who we thought we were. And, you know, ended up having a great finish to the season. Um, So – 
it's, it's, it's nice to have those like reassuring games like, hey, we're on the right path and, and be rewarded for it. The Alabama game was a loss, but I still think that there was a lot that they could take away from that. And they get them in Fayetteville this year, maybe that adds a little confidence going into that game. Pittman says he wants Oklahoma, Missouri, and Texas on the schedule every year when, when Oklahoma and Texas join the league. I don't know if those are my picks per se. Texas definitely is. Arkansas doesn't have any long-term tradition with Oklahoma. Now, as far as, like, traveling to games and stuff, it's hard to travel around to these games because there's not like – like, NFL teams are just, like, direct flight, you know, from their big city to another big city. You know, I'm talking about media and nobody, nobody cares about me complaining about that. But for me, like – so if I want to get to Auburn, I'm going to fly to Atlanta. I've got to deal with the awful uh, rental car people because I got to rent a car. You can't just Uber because it's a two-hour drive. And I got to drive two hours to Auburn, um, and then you know, drive. By the end of that trip, I'm just a little wiped. Maybe because I'm not 25 anymore, but I'm just a little bit wiped out from that trip. You know, there's no real good way to get to Oxford unless you drive it um, from Fayetteville. I mean, it's pointless to like flying to Memphis or something. Uh, and there are a lot of a lot of situations like that. Athens, Georgia, last year. You know, you gotta you gotta fly into Atlanta, you gotta rent a car, and you drive it and drive back. And I know it's not the end of the world. I'm just saying, like the difference in you know me traveling, and it's you know it's two days. The whole day is spent Sunday traveling back. I would rather be rewatching the game, doing a breakdown and analysis. You also you know you miss some stuff like that, uh, not being able to go back and watch. Um, and you're just kind of wiped out when you get home. But versus you know flying in and then flying right back out for you know a big city so but Oklahoma wouldn't be bad Missouri's only five hours so Texas I mean who do you want to play what are the teams that you want to play every year if you had three rotational opponents which it sounds like it's going to be three in a nine game schedule to me it's Texas play Texas every year LSU and Ole Miss, those would be the teams I think I would pick. Texas, LSU, and Ole Miss. I don't think those are the teams that Arkansas is going to get. I don't know. Maybe Texas, Texas A&M. Texas, Texas A&M, and LSU, that's a tough road right there. I don't know. It's a hard It's a hard one to figure out. It's hard for me to imagine not playing Ole Miss every year. It's hard to imagine not playing Auburn every year. You know, those are teams that you look forward to playing. LSU. I have no interest in, in, like, being a regular opponent of Missouri. I don't think anybody in Arkansas does. I don't have any interest in that game. Um, LSU, yeah. Ole Miss, yeah. Auburn, yeah. Texas, sure. Texas A&M, yeah. It's going to be a hard one to figure out when it comes down to it, how to schedule all this stuff. But Pittman wants to play Missouri, Texas, and Oklahoma. Pittman says Arkansas has not arrived yet. A lot of that is depth. You know, that's something that we talk about every year with Arkansas. They got to get a little lucky here and there. I think it's true this year. I think offensive line, they have somebody get, you know, it seems like that didn't happen a whole lot on offensive line, but offensive line, I think that they've got depth being established there. You know, they could, they could take a blow if they had to, you know, whether it's just uh, shifting somebody over and moving Brady Latham to any of the spots. Or Bo Lemmer, you know, he's pretty versatile too. So, to me, they could take a blow there. Quarterback can't happen. Wide receiver could possibly. You know, they've got a lot of guys they're battling. Um, running back, 
could possibly absorb a blow. They could possibly absorb one. I don't know if they could at tight end. Uh, defensive line, interior would be would be pretty tough. At the end, I think they've got some depth there. Again, I, I like their talent at end. I just think that they're not really put in a, a situation to get a lot of sacks because of the three-man front. I think that's the big thing. Linebacker, that'd be tough. Secondary, I think they could probably absorb a blow. But that's true of everybody, even Alabama. In the 85 scholarship age, everybody's dealing with not enough numbers at some spot, you know. But Alabama does it better than everybody, and Georgia does it pretty good too, and that's one reason they're on top. Because you have to worry, like, if we're going to sit here and talk about, like, how good could Arkansas's defense be? Well, let's go through the second team. How good is their second team? And for that matter, how good is their third team? Because it doesn't just come down to uh, starter got hurt, who's the backup? Because the backup's not going to play the whole game. You got to play the third team guy too. You got to give them some relief, especially on defense. You don't want to play every, I mean, like defensive lineman, you want to play 60% of the snaps as a starter, 70% for a linebacker, 80% for a D back. So you got to ask that question too. Not just how goes the second team, how goes the third team? Here's an article by Brad Crawford. Brad Crawford has made sure that he is aware of Arkansas. I'm not saying he's like trying to make up for ranking KJ Jefferson 14th. I don't think that's what it is. What is, I just think that he is more aware of what Arkansas has going on after catching a little backlash. Brad Crawford's a great dude. He does a ton of content. In fact, one of, I would say outside of like me, Danny Curtis, if you're on Hog Sports, most of the content you're reading outside of us, me, Danny Curtis, Andrew, of course. Outside of us, it's Brad Crawford. And I want to say thanks to Robbie Weinstein also. We, we had a ton of articles, national articles, um, written about Arkansas and Robbie. Um, Robbie helped put a lot of that together. So did Brad Crawford. So And, and you know, shout out to our team also for a fantastic job covering media days. Uh, but he says Barry Odom is an underrated defensive coordinator. And people think pretty highly of Barry Odom. But – Barry Odom can get the job done. There are certain games where, I mean, Arkansas was locked down. I mean, they they locked Texas's butt down last year, Texas A&M, you know, especially start of the season. Transfer portal additions are huge. I agree with that. I think they, you know, Pittman said they went out and got who they wanted to get out of the transfer portal. They went out and got who they wanted. Anybody that they felt like they had an option, an opportunity to get, they got. Home schedule sets up for fireworks. It does. It starts off strong. I mean, that's how you want it to start off. October's a little scary. The middle part of the season is the scary part of the season here. And and not that, like, they shouldn't be concerned about South Carolina or uh, Cincinnati. Certainly not. But they do get the first three games at home, and then it's Arlington for a neutral site game, which not much longer on that. But – and then, you know, that middle of the season, it's, it's Alabama – you know, after Texas A&M, it's Alabama, Mississippi State, BYU – it's tough. Program momentum, I agree with that. feel like Arkansas definitely has momentum behind them right now. Now, it will be interesting to see what happens in 2023. We're always looking ahead at Hog Sports. It'll be interesting to see what happens because they're going to lose some guys. But worried about this year right now. And thanks to the transfer portal, you can shore up a lot. Number one reason K.J. Jefferson uh getting ready for a, a, a huge year. And in this particular slide, he's got K.J. against Texas A&M. I went back and watched a bunch of K.J. Jefferson highlights. I felt like he was a lot more agile, 
the first few games of the season running the ball than he was later. Not that he wasn't later because he was obviously continued to pile up yardage, but in terms of like weaving through and stuff like that, and a lot of it's that knee. You know, he had to have surgery on that knee after the season, but he banged it up in that Texas A&M game, had to come out, came back in, had to get that first down on that play and just drove, just dug deep down the torque and drove that ball forward and got the first down, a huge first down in that game. So, K.J. Jefferson prepping for a monster year. May have to throw the ball a little bit more, but I would not get away from running the ball with that offensive line returning. K.J. back there, Dominic Johnson. Dominic Johnson could be the guy that everybody's sleeping on. I know everybody loves Rocket Sanders. I do too. I think he's going to be a great back. But Dominic Johnson, to me, is one of the more underappreciated Razorbacks that have come through in a long time, and it's because he wasn't super highly regarded as a recruit. Nobody was talking about him last season, and he just kept churning away. If he stays healthy, he could go for 1,000 yards. He is a tough, tough tackle. You better square up and hit him head on. If you don't, you're going this way. You're going to go the opposite way you want to go. If you don't hit him straight on, squared up, he's going to take you for a ride. There's a lot to be said about falling forward in this conference. Uh, there's an article also. It's more of a Will Anderson article. But it's just KJ talking about how how good he is and how you have to double-team him. That's the only way to slow him down. He had 11 tackles and a sack against Arkansas last year. Jefferson says Arkansas is aiming for 10 wins and for himself, personal improvement. Again, I've said before, when you break down this schedule, it's tough, but you look at it game by game. Is Arkansas better than this team? I think there's a lot of reasons to think they are, and so much of it comes down to quarterback. Everybody's talking Texas A&M, Texas A&M this, that. They're going to take this step forward and stuff. I mean, do they have their quarterback situation figured out? Would you take their quarterback or K.J. Jefferson? That's a big part of this game. You know, we can talk about the talent up and down the roster and stuff, that's going to, I mean, if you just do that, it's Texas A&M. But if you talk about experience returning, uh, quarterback, which is a key part, it's going to be an interesting game, really a game. That, and after this video, I'm going to go ahead and do my ballot for, you know, all SEC teams um, and, uh, and predicted order of finish and all that stuff. But this game could be what it comes down to. I think Alabama, obviously, is going to be everybody's favorite to win, win the West. they got to come to Fayetteville this year some point that streak is going to stop. Will it be this year? Don't know. But that Texas A&M game is big, at least for like when we're talking about, um, you know, New Year's Six type of bowl. SEC Nation coming to Fayetteville. Last time SEC Nation was in Fayetteville, Arkansas whipped Texas. So they're going to be in Fayetteville for the Cincinnati game in week one. So that should be pretty fun. I mean, you got SEC Nation there for the pregame show last year. Paul Feinbaum threw the Texas helmet on the ground. Pittman said, get him another helmet. <laughs> get him a hat to throw. Now, it, I don't know if you guys remember that, but there was a mannequin, a Texas mannequin, standing behind Paul Feinbaum, and he's walking around when he's going to make his pick. He takes the Texas helmet off. Everybody's booing, and he throws it to the ground on the asphalt. This is a, probably a $500 helmet that he just ruined. And Laura Rutledge said he, he may have, have gotten in trouble for, the, for doing that. But um, they'll be back in Fayetteville for that, so that's great. So you get them at 9 o'clock to 11 and then they'll flip it to whatever the SEC Network game is. But uh, at 2.30 later that day on ESPN, Arkansas-Cincinnati, one of the most anticipated games of week one. So that's good to see. And then maybe there's a chance, you know, Arkansas take care of business, Alabama takes care of business, 
They meet up on October 1st. Could be a college game day type atmosphere. That would be really cool. We kind of addressed who steps up at wide receiver for Arkansas, but we talked about Matt Landers and Jaden Hazelwood. Keetron Jackson was the only guy who went wire to wire with the first group all season. Malik Hornsby. Malik Hornsby wasn't less like some kind of gimmick in practice. It was, you know, they were legitimately using him. We saw Bryce Stevens use a lot. Bryce, I think, has got to get more consistent with his hands. Probably a leading candidate to be punt returner. Isaiah Satania coming in. Samuel Bakke, Quincy McAdoo. Quincy had had a pretty good spring for a freshman. Bakke hadn't didn't join him yet. So there's a lot of intriguing guys there at wide receiver. Talked about Barry Odom a lot. Obviously, a huge reason for Arkansas's success. Kendall Browles. Uh, Pittman brings that up quite often that Arkansas is one of eight Power Five teams to return both coordinators. And I wonder how many of them returning both coordinators and a special teams coach. And both coordinators who, like their fans, are really happy are coming back. You know, who's, who's, <laughs> because, like, you'd be disappointed if either of those guys left, wouldn't you? I think you would. And so, yeah, I think that, um, and, hey, Scott Fountain, too. I mean, Scott Fountain caught a lot of flack first couple years, first year anyway, uh, into the second year a little bit. And then special teams really took off last year. That's another thing people don't talk about a lot. You know, Arkansas has got plenty returning on special teams, too, specifically Cam Little. Support for Arkansas to stay humble, and they are. Sam Pittman has said numerous times he's going to show them the immediate outlet that picks them seventh in the Western Division versus the media outlet that picks them second. He wants them to still have that chip on their shoulder. Now, you have to – it's a balance because you have to continue to expect to win. You know, you don't want to You don't want to go into a game just like um, thinking you're going to lose or not play well or anything. you got to envision yourself making big plays, envision yourself winning, verbalizing your goals, speaking out loud. Um, you got to expect to win, but at the same time, you got to feel disrespected. You look across college – you know, any sport. And I can't remember the article that came out, but it's just talking about, you know, all these professional athletes and they talk about disrespected and so-and-so doesn't think, you know, so-and-so is against them. Like, and the odds are they're like picking one thing out of a myriad of things where people had high expectations for them or they had all these privileges thrown at them to, um, you know, to be a great athlete, you know, from their, you know, maybe their their upbringing or the college that, that took a chance on them. They don't talk about the college that took a chance on them. They talk about the college that disrespected them. Everybody's disrespected. Everybody uses that in sports, just part of the game. I'm going to show you. That's a big part of the game. So you got to continue to keep that attitude. And don't start feeling too good about yourself. I promise you, you shouldn't do that. Don't feel too good about where you are. It is a grueling schedule this year. What else we got? Bumper Pool. One reason he decided to come back. Pool probably could have gotten drafted. 125 tackles, second team All SEC. 59 shy. There's a couple reasons to come back. First of all, you're 59 tackles shy of Tony Bua's record of 408. You got 349 tackles, and I think also wanting to. You know, probably seeing a little bit about Hayden and what Grant did. Now, those are just boys, you know. They're probably, like, up there among best friends and playing the same position, and they're gone. So, it's easy to say, like, well, you know, you could see how he would go. But I think seeing those guys come back for their bonus year probably inspired him a little bit, passing it on. 
paying it forward in a way because he probably could have gone to the NFL. So plenty of reasons for him to come back, passing that on, that continuity. And I've said this before too, like when we're talking about leadership on a team, if you could pick four leaders on your team, four different position players, who would they be? Just think about it real quick. Who would they be? Four, you get two on offense, two on defense. Where do you want your leaders? Well, I'll tell you where a lot of coaches would pick, and everybody's picking quarterback. A lot of people would pick a center. Having a center that knows the ins and outs of the offense, right up the middle, quarterback, center. Who else? Linebacker, bumper pool, right there in the middle of your defense. Got his eyes on everything in front of him, the front seven. What else? What else would you pick? I kind of like straight down the middle, safety. Jalen Catalan, quarterback of the defense. That's who I would pick, and that's what Arkansas has. I would say those are your four prime leaders on this team. Catalan, Poole, Stromberg, Jefferson. Right down the middle of the defense, right down the middle of the offense. All guys calling the shots. I don't want to get you too pumped up for this season, but it's coming. I guess they're starting maybe August 3rd, something like that. We talked a little bit about getting over the hump. That Auburn game, you know, I think it looms large because they stopped a lot of streaks. That Auburn game right there, that that streak needs to be next to go down. And it would be nice to do it in Alabama too, against Alabama and Fayetteville too. All right. We've got any interesting questions here that people decided to ask? We're going to get to them real quick, but we're about to wrap it up. Before we get started on these last few questions, I want to remind you one more time, if you haven't signed up at hogsports.com, it's $1 for your first month. H-A-W-G sports.com. I promise you're going to be excited that you signed up this time because everything coming on with fall camp, all the recruiting stuff. I mean, we're already jumping ahead to 2024. Danny's coming out with big red boards. Interesting, you know, reciprocating both back and forth for 2024 prospects, even 2025 stuff also. So tons of recruiting stuff. They're still not done with 2023. Um, all the football season going on. The Razor's Edge Premium Forum, one of the more active message boards in the 24-7 Sports Network. A lot of reasons to sign up right now. One month for $1. $1 you can sign up. Or you can take 30% off if you sign up for a year. 30% off for a year. Both are great options to sign up and get on board also if you haven't subscribed to our youtube channel hit the subscribe button right now hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos when football season starts we'll be back to doing two of these shows a week and the walk and talk on saturday so you want to be notified anytime we do that stuff so go ahead and sign up on the youtube subscribe to the page and hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos follow the facebook page if you haven't done so already throw us a like or a thumbs up whatever you call it on both of those platforms and give us that five-star review if you haven't done so already on apple Podcasts. all of it also available on spotify stitcher google Podcasts, anywhere else you can think of uh, to find your favorite podcast we are there let's see what do we got talk kicker aussie says Mark Rodriguez. Talk kicker Aussie. Uh, Max Fletcher is the punter. 6'5", wiry kid. Wiry. Um, he's not guaranteed the starting job, but, um, I mean, he's brought in on scholarship for a reason. He's got a big leg. Jeff Davis says a little backlash due to that single article from Brad Crawford. Hog Sports is in the only 
is the only 24-7 content I even open. <laughs> I mean, he ranked K.J. Jefferson 14th. K.J. wore that on his shoulder all season as motivation. They talked about it all the time. You hear about it talked about all the time. So, if you look at it from that perspective, he kind of did him a favor. Dustin Hoofman says, also helps that we beat Texas A&M last year, getting that first win and knowing we can win. It's huge. Absolutely. I mean, it's so depressing like to lose that first game. You really got to rally the troops. You lose that first game, and then you're just like, I mean, we've worked for you know 200 and whatever days this offseason and lose the first game. It's tough. It's like getting a double bogey on your first hole at golf. You're just like, you're just in a bad mood. You got to pull it back in. You got to refocus. Got to let it go. Move on to the next one. It's tough, man. Going through game after game and not and not focusing on something that happened and always trying to look forward is tough. Trey, Oklahoma, Texas, and Oklahoma State, if the SEC expands to 16, they're already at 16 with Oklahoma and Texas. Texas – Texas A&M, Texas, and LSU, says Evan Baker. Texas, LSU, Ole Miss. See, Dustin Hoofman says college football should be about college and and the money comes later. It's just not that way anymore, though. If you must pay them, maybe wait until their junior year before they can get something that way they have. See, I mean, it's like it's an interesting balance because we're all capitalists, right? We don't want somebody to say, hey, this is all the money you can make, and then that's it for you. This is the cap. That's your ceiling. We don't want anybody to tell us that, right? I mean, but at the same time, you can't say, hey, hey, man, this stock, you know, it's about to it's about to do this, it's about to split, or, um, you know, this, you can't have insider trading. There are still rules to capitalism, and with this right now, what's going on, there are no rules. I mean, the NFL has a salary cap at least. Now, the advertisers who pay NFL athletes, they're paying them to promote their product at a fair market value. LeBron James is getting paid to do this or that at a fair market value, right? He's not getting paid a bunch of money so he'll return to Cleveland or he'll go play for the Clippers or something. He's getting paid that money because that advertiser thinks he has value in promoting their product. What we're seeing with college is not that. Nobody's going like, man, uh, this high school kid could really sell a lot of deodorant for us, could really sell a lot of deodorant. Let's sign him up, you know. Um, They're doing it because, hey, we could maybe convince this guy to go to our school if we give him money. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. And that's not what it should be. That's what's happening. I mean, if we want to pay the players and just pay the players, put a salary salary cap on it and just pay them. I'm fine with that. And then endorsement stuff, make sure that's legitimate. Make sure that they're getting fair market value because a company or organization feels like they're going to invest in the product. Now, what I would say to people who want to promote Arkansas is like, hey, if you see a local company that's doing it, I mean, the way things are right now, you've got to do play the game the way it's laid out, right? If you see a local company that is promoting student-athletes through NIL, 
Go shop at their store. Go buy food at their restaurant. Buy their car. Use their lawyers. Use their bank. That's the way you can probably support that. Show them that, hey, you appreciate it. I mean, I'm not saying do that like for Arkansas. I'm just saying in general for anybody out there. If your team, if you're invested in your team, maybe you don't have a lot of money to, you know, do NIL yourself, but you can promote the organizations, you know. And that to me would be more, hey, we see value, I guess. I don't know. It's such a, it's such a gray area. It's such a th- weird situation we're in right now, and we're totally unprepared. It's, they're totally unprepared for it. And that's something I was scared about years ago, just looking at it like, man, we sure are changing a lot of rules with college football very fast. And so much so that there's no control. There's no way to, like, look back and say, this is how it was before, before we changed this rule. Because you change so many rules that there is no control. There's no control to look back at. Because you change too much. Dustin Hoopman says Sam Pittman's class act, and he brought class players, class act players with him. Sam does a great job. And I, if you haven't watched Josh Pate's one-on-one interview, it's 10 minutes long. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic – you know, what Josh said was like – so their Pittman interview started a little bit late because he insisted on shaking everybody's hand. You know, not just Josh Pate, but there's production people and everything there. He's over there getting water. He's like, anybody need any water? I got some water. Anybody need some water? He just – he's super chill. He always says afterwards, he's like, hey, man, thanks for being good to me. You know, it's like you're going to be good to me, and thank you for that. It's like a kind of a double <laughs> deal that he does. Um, it, it's, a, it's a good – I don't say it's a trick, but it's, it's, a, good, it's a good policy. Um, just the way to eat Pittman talks, offensive line. It's not offensive line, offensive line coach, offensive. All right, I think we did it. We did the show. We did the post-game, post-SEC media days show. I hated not being there. I got to I gotta tell you, I was, I was not like, – I wasn't like flipping out mad, like, you know, mad. You know how you get. I was just more like down in the dumps, like my heart sank a little bit. That kind of feeling, that kind of upset. Not like rage, but sadness. <laughs> anyway, we'll get over it. The page turns quickly. There'll be about a week of quiet news here, and then we'll be gearing up for the real deal for fall camp. And three, I mean, fall camp, for those of you who don't remember or need a reminder, it's six days a week for three straight weeks. Six days a week. And then after that, there's, you know, school starts and there's, you know, I guess a prep week, and then it's game week. And that's, and then it's a blur. It'll be over before you know it, too. So enjoy it. Take it all in. Ride the wave of emotion, the highs and the lows that come with it. It's going to be a fun season. It's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows. There's going to be adversity. It's a great sport. It's a great thing to be a fan of and a great thing to cover. So looking forward to it. We'll be back with you guys next week. That's it. That's the show. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, wrapping up SEC Media Day, and we'll catch you next time. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. 
Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher. No. Funnier. I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!